Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always, popping Rick. What's up? What's up? What's up? Today we're going to try to get you in and out. That's what she said. Really fast. Cause you, yeah, because you don't want to be listening to a one-hour show in oh, – I was going to say January. It's March now. A one-hour show in March about fantasy football. Oh, the older you get, the faster life goes. Dude, lately, the last like week just, – just the last week, not just in general, but the last week, every day has been going by like an hour. Just this past week. I just unplugged my microphone. Sorry, guys. I was, <laughs> like, talking, and I unplugged my microphone. So forgive me. What were you saying? I, I said every day has felt like an hour. Yeah, it's true. Um, no, I was going to say, uh, the older you get, the li- faster life goes. And then uh, the only thing that people end up talking about is other family members dying. That's really uh, messed up. <laughs> yeah. It's really sad, actually. Yes. Um, unless you don't have any family, then I guess that's not. It got really bad. Here. <laughs> Is that better or worse, though? Well, I, mean... I don't know. That's a good question. But anyway, yeah. we can talk about fantasy football and not talk about the crap that you're dealing with in your life. And I hope you are doing fine. But anyway, um, yes, uh, the show itself, we are going to probably, if if the time really is passing, every day feels like an hour, then um, the podcast would probably be like a millisecond in Rick's time. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, we're going to, we've been, we've been going on 40, 45 minutes. So we're going to try to keep it, uh, keep it low key today, not go too far in um, to detail, I guess, if that makes sense. But anyway, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've talked about these kind of play- the players we're going to talk about today. We've been talking about them for like a month now, so yeah. and we're we, I don't think we have to go into crazy details. Right, exactly. So, but anyway, so without further ado, you saw it in the title description. You saw it everywhere. It is the top ten running backs for fantasy football going into twenty twenty two. So these are early rankings for twenty twenty two that we're going to start with. Um, I've seen other shows, by the way, do uh, like a more in-depth breakdown of some of their rankings. Like usually people go like one by one and say, you know, the number one guy is yada, yada, yada. And give like a two-sentence. But then some people uh, are out here just talking about their top 50 in about a 20-minute show. And I'm not really sure how that's possible. We're going to try to be in between. We're going to try to be in between. But when we do our full ranking show, I think we should do obviously have our rankings and we'll go through them. But like, talk about uh, like where we rank guys, where the differences is on, where the differences are in terms. Yeah, that's of where you got to talk about rankings uh, and and why the differences are there. So uh, we're you're not talking kinda... about Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor was really good. Uh, no, but we'll talk. We'll talk mostly about for this particular show a more condensed version, um, or not condensed, more spread out version in the top ten. Um, before we get to, I think we do our full rankings in like May or June, so uh, we'll get we'll get there when we get there. But today we're going to talk about the top ten running backs for twenty twenty two. 
So be sure to stick around and listen. Uh, check out our website, fantasygymnast.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all those platforms, uh, social media. Get us up, hit us up over there. We also have uh, um, somewhere on the screen at the beginning of the show, if you want to rewind. Uh, we had our handles for our Twitters, so go check us out over there. We're constantly tweeting uh, nonsense about fantasy football, and sometimes Rick will tweet about hockey. Yeah. Hey, I, I tweeted about John Morant last night. So. Oh, that's right. You did tweet about basketball. basketball. I don't think I tweet anything else but that, unless I'm just entirely enraged about another sport, uh, like baseball. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tweet about baseball. It's baseball season. <laughs> but anyway... Mostly fantasy football. But uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms, leave a review, share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below. Uh, you're, you're number one running back, the guy that you have number one on your list. And I'm pretty sure I know who it is. But uh, some people are crazy. And they're going to say, like, oh, you know what? Cam Akers is number one on my list. And I'm going to be like, that's why you should be listening to our program. Because... Watch Cam Akers, RB1 next year. Someone's yeah, going to take yeah. that clip Write this down, Rick. Okay. Write it down so you know I said it. <laughs> anyway, so let's jump into our top 10 running backs. Um, me and Rick both have a list, so we're going to go through it. Um, I'm going to pull up right now the ECR. Um, ECR, man. I can't believe I'm already saying that. It's astounding. <laughs> I know. I feel like I feel NFL like the season, season just ended. ended two not weeks even ago. a full month. Yeah, because it did. Not even, well, three weeks ago. <laughs> I'm already talking about expert consensus rankings. Uh, yes. So anyway, I'm gonna have those. I got those in front of me right now. Um, we don't have any tiers yet. Like I said, early rankings. Um, but we will go through this list as cleanly and as fastly as possible. So, um, let's start off with the number one guy. Um, and it's, you know, we're not going to spend an hour on it. The ECR is JT. Mine is JT. Rick's is JT. This is about, and I believe the ADP is JP or JT. Sorry. Yeah. It's Jonathan Taylor. And that's an easy one. What is going on with my sleeper? I didn't know you, there was a white version of sleeper. You didn't know that? It's like a daytime, nighttime thing on Twitter. At least I think. Wow. I, now I'm confused. Anyway, my sleeper's not working. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it is Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think this is going to be pretty consensus for a lot of people. Obviously, it's on the expert consensus as JT being the number two. Um, he has been, mm. and he was ridiculous this past season. And with the sustainable injuries of CMC, Dalvin Cook kind of underperforming, Derrick Henry kind of dealing with some injuries but also being 75 years old, um, I don't think there's another guy that is going to be like, if Christian McCaffrey plays every single game, then he has has 100% a shot to pass Jonathan Taylor because I think him on, like, I think he, with the pass catching and all that stuff for fantasy football, is probably gonna would be the RB one if if he plays all his games. But I think the concern is whether or not he can do that. And he, um, we'll talk about him in a second. But Jonathan Taylor right now is about as safe a bet as you can get at the one hundred and one. So if you're drafting, you know, in dynasty, I mean, <laughs> super flex leagues now, but. 
in regular dynasty startups, are you taking him one? In regular dynasty startups? Yeah. No, I'm not. Okay. That is just because I like to take receivers. I would take yes, Chase. That's fair. I mean, like, like so in... But in, he's the... De- go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Um, Zoom is so ridiculous, say, by the way. It's so I weird. Know. I'm, like, doing, like, Zoom calls for work, and then, like, somebody tries to talk, and it's like they both talk at the same time because the response time is so slow. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. It's, it's annoying. Um... Yeah, I would take him as a number one running back for sure. Definitely number one running back in Dynasty. Um, And probably a top three pick. Obviously, Superflex is different, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, in redraft, though, which is what we're here to talk about, and these are are based on half PPR, but I don't... Rick, I don't think you're changing whether you're in PPR, half PPR. No, it's it's not changing. So, yeah, JT's number one. Not... If you have questions about why we think that, Ask them in the comments because uh, that would mean that you didn't watch previous shows. <laughs> Just go back and watch. Right. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Taylor is, I think he's obviously going to be the consensus 101 in redraft. Um, and I think it's not, at this point, it's not even close. Like, I don't. Yeah, not really. It, there's not a lot of people behind him where you're like, Oh, that guy's definitely like. Whereas last year, there were some legit. There were legit some people because CMC went run one, right? Yes, there were legit people who were like, "No, Dalvin Cook should go one on one," or Derrick Henry, or Travis Kelsey. Henry. Yeah, but this year, it's just, <laughs> uh, so like far, two- it's been mostly JT. I have seen a couple of the next guy we're going to talk about, but yeah. that's pretty much it. It's it's like eighty percent John Taylor, which is more than what it was last year. Yeah, so. Um, with that being said, let's move to the next guy. CMC is my second guy, Rick's second guy. The interesting thing about Christian McCaffrey at this point is the ECR on him is sixth. Okay. And that is very interesting. That is consensus with how many? 25 available experts. Is it sixth overall or is it... Uh... Sixth running, oh, it's sixth overall. It's fifth running back, but still. Hold on, I was looking at standard. Forgive me. I, what a dummy! Fifth overall. Is he really sixth? Yeah, in standard. That's still so, low. You can obviously see, regardless whether it's five or six, CMC is low. Yep, lower than he's ever been since he went off. I think it was his second year in the league. And I, I think, I, yeah, I think so. this is the second season in a row where people have drafted Christian McCaffrey as the first overall 101, and he has gotten hurt in some capacity. This has nothing to do with Christian McCaffrey's ability to perform fantasy football wise. Because if you look at the points per game this year for Christian McCaffrey, uh, he had 15 points per game, which is, uh, I think, seven or eight. Um, but that also includes the games that he met. Like he left the game early because of injury. So, um, he was still performing as a top five running back when he was playing this year. And the same thing in 2020 as well. Um, if you look at the averages in points per game for Christian McCaffrey, he had 27 points per game in 2020, which led the league 
um, but he only played in three games. So uh, I think Christian McCaffrey is still a very, very good running back. I think injuries are pushing him down the board. Um, yes. Clearly. But the question is, should he be that low? And are you nervous about the injuries enough to be like, okay, maybe I should move CMC down? Yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a topic about that. I think there's a lot of people who feel that way because he's ranked fifth. Um, but I have seen people on Twitter. He's the only guy that I've seen um, so far uh, make an early argument for the 101 instead of Jonathan Taylor. Saying people are saying like when he's at his ceiling, he's better. Where there's no one better than McCaffrey, and I think there's an argument to be made there. When when McCaffrey is playing, he's the best uh, running back in fantasy football. Now, he's played in a total of ten games in the last two seasons, so that's obviously a huge concern. I think that's why people have him fifth, and mm-hmm. that's why um, you asked the question that you did. And it, it should definitely be a topic to be discussed. Where you know you've only played ten games in two years. And at the running back position, once you get hit with a lot of injuries, yeah. sometimes it goes downhill from there. But he is 25. He'll be 26 when the season starts, which is definitely getting older. Yeah. But for redraft purposes, like he's still okay um, at an okay age where you could see him finish having like a top three finish. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm okay with ranking McCaffrey there too just because of I know what he can do when he's healthy. And it, I mean, you look at the first three years of his career, he played in all 16 games. Mm-hmm. He didn't miss a game until uh, 2020 when he missed most of the season and then last year. But he overall was very healthy his first few seasons. So um, if he can if he can go back to that level of being healthy, I mean, if he plays a full 17 games, mm-hmm. there's no way he's finishing outside the top five. No, no way. I, that- so you're, you're almost getting a guarantee. And that is the big thing for me is like, I, I think the the biggest question that you have to ask of Christian McCaffrey is, is there another injury coming and has the injuries that he has accumulated over the last couple of years damaged him to a point yes. where maybe he's just going to miss four or five games or six games a season and you have to factor that into drafting him. Um, Which if I, that's the case. Then number two is... Hi. Number two is is a little bit high. Definitely, high. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I I just and and he's also he's also yeah he's twenty five years old too. By the se- start of the season, he'll be twenty six. So there's mm-hmm. there's some concern there too. Not like age wise, he's not there yet where he's going to collapse. No. But we've seen. I mean, there's a lot like, of running backs. We've seen guys like Todd Gurley go from being the running back one to yeah. relative obscurity because of a knee injury that people Overnight. were talking about. Overnight. And so it's like, is that something that happens for Christian McCaffrey? And I, I wanted to mention just the the information that we have just from the beginning of 2020 on because he did not have a lot of injury history prior to 2020. Uh, but 2020 on, he had a high ankle sprain week two, mm-hmm. came back and then got an AC joint sprain in week nine of that same season. Stayed out for three games, came back, and had a thigh injury in that same week and that same season, twenty twenty in week fourteen. Missed four games, didn't play again this season. Uh, he had a hamstring injury in week three, and then I he missed five games, and then he had a ankle sprain in week twelve and missed five games this past season. 
So he's pretty much had an injury five times in two years. <laughs> On the bright side, though. No major injury. Are any of those like, yeah, because it was two ankle sprains, a hamstring, and what, a thigh injury? And then a, an MCL sprain, was that the last one? Yeah, a lot of them are, uh, it, there's a little on uh, player profiler, there's a severity meter. Um, mm-hmm. And the only one that was kind of high was the ankle sprain in week 12. Mm. But that's that's about it. So he's yeah. he's just been so injury prone the last couple of years. The good thing is, like Rick said, no ACLs, no MCLs, no um, mass, no no uh, Achilles injuries, calf injuries, stuff like that. So he's he's not suffered a, a sustainable injury. The question is, you know, is this McCaffrey at this point where he's just going to miss five or six games? And I don't know, he might not be too, but. Based on the sheer fact, I'm 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 willing to take the risk on Christian McCaffrey if he uh, is healthy and stays healthy, and I'm willing to take the risk on the injury portion of it because you know what you're going to get. He's basically equivalent to or better in fantasy points per game wise than Jonathan Taylor essentially. So it's like he's going to at least bring you to that equivalent level if he plays. And like Rick said, top five is an easy an easy give me. Yeah. So. I think I agree with everything Rick said. Obviously, CMC two is it makes sense for me. He might move down slightly as the season go off season goes along, um, but he's still really good. So, oh, the other thing I was going to ask too: Are you worried about workload like management mm. for him now that he's had all these injuries? Do do the Panthers start saying, "All right, this is our guy. Maybe we need to manage his workload a little bit and and maybe not give him you know thirty touches a game." Yeah, I mean, I could see that um, in 2019, his year where he was just ridiculous. Yeah. He had 287 carries, and he also had 116 receptions. So um, I don't think he's – what is that, 400 touches? Yeah, something like that. Um, I don't think he's getting that mm-hmm. ever again. They are going to manage that, but he'll still get enough where he's more than fantasy development especially in the passing game because you know even if McCaffrey gets like you know 30 less carries Mm -hmm. he's still gonna get like 100 targets you know yeah yeah he's gonna be heavily involved in their passing game okay um let's move to the next guy now that we spent seven minutes on Christian McCaffrey uh (laughs) me and Rick's top three have been pretty much the same so far um Yes, but it this is, is I think the last guy. Derek Henry. <laughs> That's the last. Did you say it's the last guy that matches? Yeah, I think so. Oh my god. Uh Derek Henry is number three on mine, number three on Rick's, and the ECR has him right now as two, the number right? two guy. So yeah, not too far off. If you want to rank Henry two, uh all the power to you. I I think Henry is two for a lot of people at this point because of a lack of a number two guy. Like usually there's a bona fide like, yeah, this guy's 100% going to be number two. And I don't think there is that this year. Right. There is for me, but most people know. For you, (laughs) for most people know. Um, And so it's like because there isn't that bona fide number two guy overall, um, there's a lot of room for for discussion. And I think Derrick Henry, he came off some of his first injuries that we kind of have seen um, while he's been in his prime. He's 28 years old. And I'm a little bit more like Christian McCaffrey's 26. 
He's been dealing with injuries, but nothing major. Um, Derrick Henry broke his foot and needed surgery. Yep. And had had to miss nine games. And that is the biggest, I, I think, yeah, that's the biggest injury that he has had in his NFL career. He's amazing. They give him a lot of work. But at this point, I'm more concerned about Derrick Henry's ability to produce at the level that he has without getting injury. When you get when you give him, you know, 300 and th- 303 attempts in 2019 and 378 attempts in 2020, and you're basically not putting like Christian McCaffrey, you kind of saw the same thing where where he wasn't coming off the field. Yep. And Henry was in that same boat, except they legitimately maybe gave one carry and like two snaps a game to the backup. And it was like Henry was just out there four downs every single time. Like he was like, or all three downs. And when they were on their fourth down, they didn't put another guy in there with Derrick Henry. And so it was like, he didn't miss much time this year and ended up coming back to bite him in the butt. And he ends up getting injured. I think with this workload, it's going to continue to hinder Derrick Henry's ability to stay healthy. And that's just like, to me, that's, I don't know if I'm crazy for saying that, but I think, I think that having those 350 carries, if they do give it to him is going to cause him or the 25 carries a game that they give him is going to cause him to get injured. But you saw last year, Tennessee needs it. So we talk about workload management with with a guy like CMC, Tennessee's a, a winning football team that makes the playoffs. And you could see the difference between the Titans with Derrick Henry on the field and the Titans without Derrick Henry on the field. So I don't think there's going to be workload management unless they have a two touchdown lead. Lead. Yeah, I think I'm very nervous about Derrick Henry personally. Yeah, um, the age and the workload, like you were saying, mm-hmm. is a lot. Now I know he averaged 23 points a game last year, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. And he's that's the reason why I think he's right now. My RB3 is just because of how good he was last year before the injury. But again, coming off a broken foot, he came back for the playoffs, and everybody talks about how K-Makers was so bad in the playoffs and all this stuff. Derrick Henry wasn't exactly great. He had 20 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. That's mm-hmm. three yards a carry. He didn't get a catch. Um, he was kind of shut down by the Bengals <laughs> in a way. I mean, I wouldn't say shut down, but he didn't play great. Yeah. Didn't look explosive. And I know Derrick Henry looks like that most of the time, and then he'll break off like a 70-yard run. Yeah. But I don't know, man. He's going to be 28. How many 28-year-old running backs are a top three running back in fantasy? Not many. He did break out late. He did break out late. Um, so. so I'll give you that. And, you know, there's a chance he could finish high this year. But then after that, I think this might be it. So, yeah. Um, but I really would not be surprised at all if he doesn't finish in the top three this year. And um, this is. And gets re-injured because he's yeah. getting 300 carries as a 28-year-old. So, and this was yeah. part of my battle, too. It was like, do I even want to rank J- Derrick Henry three? You know, and I'm not going to change him for this show. I think I'm going to stick him there. But for, like, for right now, he's there. But I have a feeling he's not going to be there for yeah, me. Me too. I, I feel like um, by the time by the time we hit August, I could see him at six or seven. To me, now I will. <laughs> I will say. You know, he was on pace for last year in carries. Yeah. He was on pace for 465 carries last year before he got hurt. And if he stays healthy. That is 
beyond insane. Yeah. So I, I, I do want to like pull up here, uh, you know, my, 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 you know, my metric fantasy, fantasy points per touch. Um, and he had, uh, fantasy points per opportunity 0.8, which if he got 400, we talked about Najee Harris who ended up what top five this year with his 300, but did he reach 400? touches yeah i don't know i can't no remember. i don't think i don't think he did just 400 opportunities with a 0.8 fantasy point per opportunity he hits 320 fantasy points on the season um jonathan taylor had 342 the next closest guy was austin Eckler at three uh 282 so that is why derrick henry is as high as he is it's, it's the sheer volume and opportunity that he provides if he's healthy you can't make every fantasy football decision based on injury. So No, definitely not. I mean we have McCaffrey too, it'd be counter Yes. Um tweeted or whatever. But I am I am nervous because it can be a cautious number three. I am nervous yeah. about injury and age. And those two things are Yes. Could hit him Huge like concern. a brick wall. So just keep an eye on, on Derek Henry. Let's talk about some other guys quickly here. Number four on my list right. is Dalvin Cook. Rick has him number six. Quickly, I have Dalvin Cook number four. I think, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of interesting thing go, things going on with uh, the Vikings, and this could change. They change coaching staffs. There's some interesting stuff that, and there's a good reason why D- Dalvin Cook could move down, you know, my board and has moved down Rick's board. His ECR, by the way, is um, number four. So mm-hmm. he's in the same vicinity as me. I think he's talented. Obviously, he's really good. This year, I drafted him. He did have an off year. Um, missed some time, which led to him finishing 15th in points per game. If he played in 12 games, he was right around 8th, I believe, in points per game. So um, he, did, he didn't play to where he should. He's probably going to get drafted where Rick has him, like 6 or 7. Um, but I have him number four because I think I think he's talented. I think he's really good. And I think that this year was kind of an underlying um, weird season for him. I noticed that the Vikings were using him in an odd way and they were throwing it a lot in the red zone. And one of the big things, you know, Dalvin Cook has needed in the past is that red zone work where he scores touchdowns. And there was a lot of moments where they would either hand it off to him once and and then not give it to him again. And it was it, it's clear too that Je- Justin Jefferson is kind of taking that mantle yeah. of like best player on the Vikings. <laughs> this point. Yes. So so it's like they get into the red zone and they're like, all right, let's get to our best player. And you know they don't give it to Derrick Henry. Now I think that hurt the Vikings because in cl- in close yardage situations, you know Dalvin Cook was very good but in seasons past total touchdown you know since he broke out in 2019 13 touchdowns in 2019 17 touchdowns in 2020 last year he had six six total touchdowns so that was the difference between dalvin cook Mm. being at the top of the league uh and dalvin cook being like eight or nine so in my mind the way that i look at this overall is that dalvin cook is not going to get six touchdowns next year he's going to get eight or nine or ten um touchdowns if he hits ten plus He'll get himself back into that top five conversation. He'll be fine. Um, I'm not willing to be like, okay, Dalvin Cook is going to go back to that 101, 102, 103 
you know, status. Um, right. I think four, five, or six is a good range for him. Um, but I think he's still got it. Like, is there's nothing here that's like, okay, Dalvin Cook's an old man that's going to just be broken at this point. So no, but my, I mean, I do have concerns about that because he's, you know, he's never played more than fourteen games in a season. Yes, that's probably he should never have been like, and I, I took him as this because I'm an idiot, but um, <laughs> I talk. He, he kind of reminds me. Remember when uh, Melvin Gordon was, yeah, really good. And then he would have like he, everyone would talk about him being like, oh my god, he's like a top three running back when he's healthy, and that yep. was the conversation is like when he's healthy is always when he's healthy. Yeah, yeah. So that's I true. think four to six is very good for Dalvin Cook just because he kind of reminds me a little bit of that, you know, Melvin Gordon now, prime kind type player. Just to play devil's advocate a little bit, his carries were a, um, not a lot down, but it was down. Um, from 2020 to 2021, um, I think it kind of not to, as not as extreme as this, but it reminded me a little bit of how the Cowboys use Zeke and Tony Pollard, and how the Vikings were kind of getting Alexander Madison involved on a week to week basis a little yeah. bit more than they had in the past. Um, but I will say that is a, a good point with his touchdowns. I think last year or the year before last year, maybe it was after the 2019 season, we were mm-hmm. talking about how Kamara. Um, only had like five total touchdowns and we were like, there's no way that happens again on the saints offense, like all this stuff. And um, because of that, I think I ranked him in like RB two when he was the consensus, like RB four or five. Mm-hmm. And he ended up being the RB. I believe the RB one that year or RB two. Yeah. Um, so that was the game where, or the, that was the year we had like the five touchdown week at the end of the season oh, and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. he exploded it with touchdowns. Um so I think that's a good point with Dalvin as well for this year is he's not going to score six touchdowns again this year unless it's all of a sudden they give Madison even yeah. more work. But as long as Dalvin Cook's getting Dalvin Cook work, which there's no reason he wouldn't unless he gets mm-hmm. hurt, um, he's going to get probably nine, 10, maybe even 11 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, even, I mean, he's not, he's like, I don't think he gets 17 like he did in 2020, but um, I could see him getting double digits in terms of total touchdowns. So, yeah. That would instantly put him in the like top five, top six, top six guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in points per game this year. I did pull it up. He was eleventh. Oh, among I, running said, backs, I thought he was eight. That I mean, if you take out McCaffrey and Derrick Henry, yeah, I take out. I, I, I preface that by. Um, so I mean, still though, ninth is not like twelve games. I think. <sighs> yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, ninth or eighth. I mean, that's still not great. But no. so if you include the touchdowns, though, that would put him compared in like to. Top. It's funny because we say not great compared to what uh, Cook is known for. Yeah, it's not. It's not wonderful. I know. I mean, that's still a great fantasy season, obviously. But yeah. for what the expectations were and everything, right? Um, but yeah, no, I still, I still like Cook. I have him at six just because I think the guys I have ahead of him are just going to be um, have more upside a little bit. I wouldn't even say upside. I just, I don't know. There's a debate with at least one of them. Mm-hmm. And then the other one definitely has more upside, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Okay. You know what we're going to do for the show? We're going to break it into two parts. I think that would okay. be a better idea. Okay. Because we still have six more running backs to talk about. And we haven't even gotten through the fifth one. So we're going to do the fifth one. Um, yeah. yeah. Top five, this one, and then the other half in the next one. So a part two uh, to this episode. Don't know if we're going to have to do this for wide receivers next week. Um, but that's what we'll do for this one. So anyway, back to uh, Dalvin Cook. 
yeah, like you said, I, I, I did bring this up. In 2020, opportunity share, 79.9%. Fifth in the NFL in 2020, right? Mm. Uh, 2021, 79.97 opportunity share. Exact, exact same amount of uh, exact same amount of opportunity this year as he had in years past. Obviously, mm. with the injuries, it's not going to show up on the stat sheet, but he had the same amount of opportunities per game that he normally did. Um, yards per carry, 4.7. 2020, 5. 2019, 4.5. Receptions. I think, hold on, let me pull up the, the per game reception totals. Do they have that? Maybe it just felt like Madison got more work. <laughs> I know, I know. Maybe- that's what I'm saying. Two point uh two point six receptions per game in twenty twenty one. In twenty twenty he had three point one, so about a point five so a half reception difference uh per game. Usually he gets around like forty to fifty. This year he had thirty four and thirteen games. So um it did feel like Madison was getting a lot more work, but I think the difference could be the opportunity share was the same and the snap share was the same for um, for Dalvin Cook. The difference was that when they took him off the field, they happened to use Madison a little more. So it was like normally when they pulled Cook off the field, it was a surefire thing to be like, okay, Cook's off the field. They're going to pass it. They're not going to do anything with the running back. And then Cook comes back on the field and they know what's going on. I think with Madison being there, maybe they involved Madison a little bit more in the passing game, the rushing game. Last year than they normally this year. Well, yeah. See, I see last year. Now I'm confused. I don't know what year it is anymore. Um, but in 2021, they use them a little bit more. So for me, the efficiency is the same, right? The opportunity share is the same. The fancy points per game totals are the same. The only difference, realistically, that he has had is those touchdowns. And so, staying healthy. If he scores 13. 12, 13 touchdowns next year, doubles that total, he'll be a top five running back. Yeah. So it's just a question of what, and like Rick said, the Alvin Kamara thing for you is a great point. Because if 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 he does something like that where score he, you know, he doubles up the touchdowns or comes back and scores a lot more touchdowns than he normally did, there are going to be some teams who, who, who are like, you know, oh, Cook burned me. Didn't want, don't want to do that train again. Or yeah. they're going to say, oh, well, Cook's going off ADP at six. I'll take him there, and you can get him at five or six. And you're sitting there with possibly a running back that could go top three. Like, that's perfect. So there's nothing real. There's no – the only red flag that I have for Dalvin Cook is the change in coaching staff. Yeah, that's another question. But... And we will get to, at the end of this month, the coaches show. <laughs> we talk about all the coach hirings. So – the figure coaches out. show. We'll figure out which is that. I, I but based on the preliminary research I've done of the Vikings head coach, uh, it seems like there's a good shot that um, Justin Jefferson is going to get a heck of a lot more work, which is fantastic. I don't know about Dalvin Cook though. So anyway, mm. any more thoughts on Cook? No, no, no. We can. All right, so let's talk about our number five guy, which is pretty matchy. You didn't say we had any more matchy guys, but we do. We have the same number five. Same number so five. So four and six. You had are... a number four, by the way, and we'll talk about um, – I'm just kind of going on the order of my list at this point. <laughs> yeah. This is my one, two, three, five, six. Rick had Austin Eckler 
uh, four, and I had, and we could have probably talked about Eckler in conjunction with Dalvin Cook. I have them swapped, so I have Austin Eckler six, and he has uh, Dalvin Cook. Mm. I have Dalvin Cook four, and he has Eckler four, Dalvin Cook six. So, anyway, um, we probably should have gone off the ECR. Remember last year we did that? <laughs> yeah, that would have been smart. It would have been smart. Anyway, do you want me to talk about Eckler? We're we gonna save that for the next one. Um, yeah, yeah, quickly, let's talk about Eckler. Okay. Um, the only reason I have him for, look, he was the RB two this year um, in half PPR by a significant margin. He was yeah. over forty point, almost forty points ahead of Joe Mixon. Um, he was actually close to Jonathan Taylor in terms of points per game too. He was only um, a single phase two point behind him in points per game. Mm-hmm. He was had a very underrated year. He was even better in PPR. He's a pass catching back playing with Herbert, and. The offense is not going to change whatsoever. The only difference is going to be wide receiver, maybe yeah. if they don't bring back Mike Williams, but they're going to get a replacement for him. Um, so they might bring in a wide, a different wide receiver. But overall, coaching staff the same. He still got the same quarterback. Mm. Um, not that offense. I think the Chargers' offense, depending on what they do, it could be better. Um, could be a top like five or six offense in the yeah. NFL. I mean, it was top ten this year, so I wouldn't be surprised if it maybe squeaks into the top five. So you're getting a uh, a high end running back in an elite offense. I know he's getting old. I know he's a smaller back. And I know historically this is his first year really um, finishing in what, like the top three, which is why I don't have him in the top three. I'd move him back a couple spots, but he's still number four for me. Yeah. That's my argument. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Quickly. Sounds good. I, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, in the past, so the two guys a little better. In past, I do like the other two guys a little bit better. In the past, Austin Eckler, he is 26, 27 years old, so he's around the same age as some of these running backs that we're talking about in this conversation. Um, but he, in the past, he's had more around 18 or 19 fantasy points per game. Um, this year was the first year where you saw him jump into that 20-point-per-game conversation where he had 21. Um, he had 91 uh, not 91, 911 rushing yards, 647 receiving yards, 70 receptions. So in PPR, half PPR formats, it's obviously fantastic. Big separation from Austin Eckler to the rest of the field is 20 touchdowns. Mm. Does that repeat itself? I don't know. Remains to be seen. I'll tell you what I think uh, in the future. But if that drops to like 14 yeah. 13, 14 touchdowns. I don't know just based on the rest of his, you know, efficiency numbers and metrics, like, you know, based on his rushing only being at 900 yards and receiving wise, he wasn't even like super, super efficient receiving, um, giving him around 1500, you know, he would probably be somewhere around like top six or seven, but I don't know if I'm like, okay, I want to rank him top four where we've seen right. from Dalvin cook those performances where he's been in the top four. So that's, that's kind of the separation. I also do like cook better. I like Najee better. Um, I like Henry CMC, JT, obviously better than, than Austin Eckler. So um, I don't hate Austin Eckler, but I think, I think next year is more than likely he finishes six or seven, which is kind of where I have him. So. Right. Um, All right. So let's talk about the final guy, and then we'll save the uh, other four, and we can talk a little bit more about Austin Eckler in the next one um, for the next show. But it's Najah Harris, number five overall for both me and Rick. Um, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, 
he wasn't efficient last year. There's a change in coaching. I mean, there's a change, not in coaching, change in the quarterback. So I, I don't like, this is literally like, at least you like big Ben sucks. We'll get that out of the way now. He's not very good, but at least with big Ben defenses had something to deal with with Mason Rudolph. If that's their quarterback, defenses have literally nothing to think about other than Najee Harris. Yeah, it's good. It's good luck to Najee if it's yeah. Mason Rudolph. And so I would rank him higher if he was on a better football team and he did what he did last year. Um, to be honest, if Mason Rudolph is definitely the quarterback, he's going to drop a couple spots. Yeah, you. he won't be five. I, I agree. Now, if guy if a guy like Jimmy walks in there or they get a rookie quarterback, obviously it's not going to look as good. But I think the Steelers have a decent enough team to figure it out with a rookie quarterback or figure it out with Jimmy G, obviously. So if their offense is still like top 15 next year, then Najee's perfect. He's fine. I think five is a perfect spot for him. Um, But I think think when you talk about Najee Harris, it's not really what he did this year. I mean, obviously, you know... There's some gross metrics that we talked about in the past, the 3.9 yards of carry, different stuff like that. But when you talk about how many opportunities he had, uh, he had a lot, almost 20 touches a game. So when you're talking about 20 touches a game, like that's almost a guaranteed 15 to 20 fantasy points in half PPR and PPR formats. Um, right. And so it's like for Najee, it's perfect. But I think the question is what happens with the Steelers? And right now, I think Rick and I are both, I don't want to speak for you, Rick, but I think we're both betting on Najee being in this conversation of, you know, top five because the Steelers are going to go fix the quarterback position. They're not just going to run in with Mason Rudolph. So um, if if that changes and it's Mason Rudolph or some trash bag quarterback that we've never heard of, which I, like I said, don't think is going to happen, um, mm. then yeah, I'll adjust my rankings. But right now I'm going to go off the assumption that they're going to go get Jameis the Famous or Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody who can be Big Ben slightly better. If that makes sense. Right. Um, I hope yeah, that's kind of what I'm expecting too. I'm expecting a Jimmy G or something like that. Um, in which case I would leave Harris at five. But if something happens, we're gonna drop him off. But he's no matter what, he's gonna get work. Um he's got enough talent. So in the year he had last year too, like you look at everything with Najee. It's mm-hmm. easy to rank him in the top five. It's literally just that quarterback spot that's nervous. About yeah. him. Makes us nervous. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have any more thoughts on Najee? No, I think that's, uh, that's better. Okay. There you have it. Uh, probably should play the outro clip. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there you have it. There's top five running backs. On Thursday, we're going to talk about wide receivers, but we're actually going to do part two of this show. We're going to talk about four or five other running backs that we got on this list um, and give you our thoughts on them. So be sure to check that out. We'll talk to you later, guys. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at TheFFChamps.